0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Discipline Confusion Thursday night hangout.
1: Yo, it is good to be back because last Thursday I felt naked and unalive.
0: I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, I am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the prolific Conner himself, Zelius.
1: It is good to see you here, good sir, in the world of the Alt Confusion Tubes.
0: But of course, but of course, ladies and gentlemen, what Zelius is alluding to is that, um, last week I was at or last Thursday I was at Chatacon, So I'll fill you in on all the details in just a second. But I do want to tell everyone this is the Thursday Night Hangout. It's a live show. We try our best to cover all the topics most important to you. If you have an additional topic or question that you would like to add to the show, please utilize the chat and we will add it to the show. If we do unfortunately run out of time, that topic or question will be added to the very next show. Also, I would like to also put out there that... um if you have any thoughts or comments or critical uh, criticisms, wow, that's terrible, um, you can also put them in the chat, and we will, of course, talk about them during the show. So, Indeed. Let's start off with the fact that uh, last Thursday, I went up to Chattacon, uh, which is in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, Chatacon for me, is kind of... I, I, I like to think of it as a buddy convention. It's a small convention, but I think they had about 350 people show up. So, um, and it's the kind of convention that anyone from the guest of honor all the way down to first time attendee can just like, you can find them just chilling and, and talking about anything and everything. Um, mostly centered around probably like Literary things like books um but there's some video game the video what games just started creep up. huh
1: i'm not, I'm not cool enough to read man don't you know
0: well i mean i i met two uh authors I interviewed one of them uh so look on be on the lookout for one of the interviews um and I bought books from both of them of course uh, uh one was autographed b- huh yes of course autographed yes uh one was b l uh ship and the other one was dave Sh- um Schrader, uh, and to be honest, I, I I really like Chattacon for a couple of reasons. Uh, I like because it's it's a smaller convention. That's kind of what I need after getting severely shell-shocked from MumboCon last year. And also, there's, I don't know, it's just a fun time. There's not a lot of pressure on anyone. Uh, I ended up doing, um, I ended up hosting my own panel uh, video game sheets for the good question mark. And then I also uh, was a moderator for two additional panels, uh, one revolving around um, virtual tabletop and the other one revolving around PC and consoles, enemies, uh, yeah, enemies, frenemies, or friends. Um, So, and then of course I I went to quite a few-
1: PC master race, bro.
0: So, okay. So here, here's the thing. I, I do want to bring up uh, a couple things, and I, I I think, and I brought this up in in uh, the panel about the uh, enemies for enemies, uh, or friends. Um, I think for the most part, in the perfect gamer world, console and PC should have, or should have some sort of like relationship because cross platform play is a really nice feature. Um, is it? Yes, it is, when done when done correctly.
1: Do you really want to be playing, like, the same PC and console people in Overwatch? That seems like a terrible idea. Well,
0: look, there's, like, when you're playing Final Fantasy Eleven PC or your console, that's not too bad of a deal, is
1: it? I'd say MMOs are the exception.
0: Okay, MMOs? M- I, I, but, um... I mean, there's... The thing is, I, I think... My biggest thing is that I think because the end of like super exclusive games where you, where you have games that are capable or have an online component, I, I would like to see some sort of cross platform play. Um, another example is um, Warframe. Yeah, uh, they've I think they finally instituted cross platform play. The
1: I, I think. I think it is cross-platform. Yeah,
0: um, it originally was it, but in in my personal opinion, when I when I think cross-platform for me, what would be intriguing for me is that if your account is accessible across platforms, so cross save, cross save, but also the ability to you know play cross-platform, so you still cross
1: save would be nice, especially for like PVE type of games, hundred percent,
0: or especially for
1: free-to-play games. Yeah. Um, Like, I think it's Hogwarts Legacy is already confirmed. It's not cross-safe. Okay. Which, to your point, though, like, we know it's coming on the consoles and the PC. Yeah. And I can kind of understand, like, a PvP type of game, I can understand either way. Like, okay, either way you want to go, there's pros and cons to each. Right. But if you're purely a... A particularly single-player game, mm-hmm. I'm like, come on, bro. Yeah. Like, just make a cross-save. Like, I mean, all the Shadows of Mortar games, I'm pretty sure those aren't cross-save. Um, So, I agree. It would be nice. Um, But a lot of developers obviously don't still want to do it for, I don't know if it's a technical limitation, where it's, you know, they're... Deciding differently for each platform up front, um, if it's like a strategic choice that they make or like kind of what the reasoning is, but it's still not the norm. If anything, it's online games have it. And even then it's not across the board. It's kind of random. Well, to be honest
0: with you, I believe for the longest... I don't know if they've finally changed their stance on this, but for the longest time, Sony wants nothing to do with cross-platform. They're like, if you yep. if you play a game on our system and you want to play online, you play other people on our system.
1: Like, I would love if that's the newest cross-save. Like, if yeah. Destiny 2, yeah. if I could pull up my... Um, you know what? Actually, no, Destiny 2 is cross-save. It's What I'm getting mixed up is you have to buy it multiple times. Right. That's what I'm thinking of.
0: no, um, I'm totally okay with that. If if, if that's what yeah. it takes, like if if I need a cut, co- I don't... If, if it's something that I have to pay for up front um, and then I have, you know, and then I want to play it on a different platform and I, I, I'm totally okay with buying it again as long as I don't lose my progress across.
1: Yeah. So Destiny 2 is cross-save and now it's okay. nice because I was able to take my old player from... PC, when it first came out, and mm-hmm. jump onto the um, PS5. So I thought that was pretty cool. So, and that also incentivizes, I would think, players, because I think the opposite would be true. If I played it on the PC and I had this character I invest all these hours into, and I see it comes out on PlayStation 5, mm-hmm. if I know I have to restart basically that character from scratch, I think it severely limits the chance that I'm going to now pick that up on a different console. So I, that's kind of would be argument for it. Is I'm more likely to play on multiple platforms versus no platforms,
0: right? Well, I mean, if if it's a game that requires uh, like a substantial amount of grind, that would that would definitely stop me from, you know, restarting on another platform if I have yeah, to start from the beginning.
1: And that's why I think like the MMO, like Final Fantasy 14 does so well. Is it is cross save slash platform slash all that stuff, so. You know, if you want to spend all the money on expansions, you can buy the PC and PS5. Um, it's funny because every year I feel like there's like a rumor. It's going to come to the Xbox, and I don't think it's ever coming to the Xbox. that'd be cool. I mean, it should. Why not? Um, and I think a lot of, I personally think the whole like, you know, PC versus console from gamers, it's more of a meme than anybody actually means it. Yeah. Um, I mean, yes, you have the 1% of elitists for either way. Like you're always going to have the stupid ass hat who really, really means PC master race, man. I think the overwhelming majority of gamers are just like, dude, enjoy it. However you can, it really doesn't matter.
0: I think also that because basically most consoles and PCs are basically uh, the same level now, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Um and also the architectures become very, very similar for like hardware and stuff. Um I would agree,
1: but we still have exclusives. Those seem to still be
0: Well, I would say they're more timed exclusives than exclusive exclusives. I think it you're you get unless you're a first I mean a true first party studio, which there's not a lot of those left. Sure. Um then it's usually like, yeah, we'll put this out on the PlayStation for five months and then the Xbox is coming or the Switch is coming or the PC is coming.
1: I think I. it seems like it's more console and then PC. Yeah. Like the God of Wars aren't on Xbox, but they're on PC. Um, the Final Fantasies are on PlayStation 5 and then they eventually come to PCs. So it seems like, we, it seems like what's happened is it's more of a trend of, Console first, and then eventually matriculate to the P. If it's a console exclusive, right, and then eventually make it to the PC. So, I think it's probably more from Sony's side. Yeah, at this point, um, yeah, because Xbox, at least for now, has to play nice if they want to get their whole merger thing.
0: But God only knows what where we're gonna. S- where that's going to go at this point because I've heard that um the European Union is actually thinking about striking it down. So
1: it'll be fun. The funny thing to me is Sony is so against it, which I can understand why. Mm -hmm. But by the same token, Sony has also built a cachet by buying out other companies. Yep. So it's and I don't care about the hypocrisy of it, but it's also be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. So, you know, say this, you know, say it gets axed, and all of a sudden three years from now, Sony wants to buy a development company. That's gonna go well at that point. Yeah. You're well, like, I
0: mean, you're you're wait a second. Yeah. You're you're <laughs> you're setting present.
1: Exactly. So in a way, if I'm Sony, I'm kind of like, you know, the problem is if it doesn't, if it does get striked down, that kind of kills our. I mean, that's what Sony's done. Yeah over the last number of years. So that'd be kinda of interesting to see um how it goes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, um, we'll see. Now, um, just to touch on the 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 other panel I moderated on, the uh the virtual tabletop thing. Oh yeah. Uh you know, as when Covid hit uh virtual tabletop software became a hot commodity so you could continue to play your your campaigns be it in pathfinder and dungeons of dragons whatever and if, but of course at the same time there were a lot of limitations that have been fixed um since the inception of of things like uh roll 20 and um, foundry are the two popular ones but i found it interesting that there's a, a problem that is that is presented its ugly head, and that's the fact that um Hasbro, which owns Wizards of the <laughs> Coast, which owns Dungeons of Dragons, is basically trying to put you know uh, homebrews down violently. I was gonna say
1: you picked a very interesting time to have that panel.
0: <laughs> yes, well that actually came up a lot because uh, uh, Wizards of the Coast is creating their own type of uh, uh, virtual tabletop thing, so that you you have D&D to if that's beyond, I think is what yeah, it's called. You have to use that if you want to continue to do that, which. That, I I understand the business mood, but you are really pissing off like 85 90 percent of your audience by doing this
1: I think the problem I think what it, I've read a lot of commentary about the whole Ogl open mm-hmm. gaming license the new like one point whenever it is and yep. the overwhelming consensus seems to be yes Hasbro is right there's more. Money right now to be made. But the problem that they're missing is tabletop gamers are pretty hardcore. Yep. Meaning they will go to where they want to with their product. Um, and so you know, if a GM is put, you know, a lot of GMs put decades into creating their own homebrews for DD, but they're so into it where if all of a sudden there's these like weird moral ambiguity obligations, they will go to Pathfinder or something else. Yep. By and large. And I think that's the point that, you know, the bean counters, it's not like Madden, right? Like Madden people just continue to buy Madden every year. And, you know, I know we mock it all the time in the show, but the reality is it works. It, it works.
0: It, well, Cause it's, it's got exclusivity.
1: Yeah. it Like it shouldn't, but it does. But the problem with that, I think the Hasbro execs are missing is it's such a different market than your normal market yeah. of the people who play tabletop games where if you screw over your gamers, because it's very much a word of mouth type of community, mm-hmm. meaning you want your friends to speak well of this game. If they don't speak well of D and D and they're now speaking well of Pathfinder, they're going to all, moved pathfinder Mm -hmm. so i think that's that's the long-term issue with this whole thing that's going on is it's a cult it's a more of a culture than it is just a product right and if you kill that culture your dms in game i mean we've already seen like every year i go dragon hunt i feel like i see more and more pathfinder tables i mean D M D is obviously still the king But it's not like there aren't other options in the marketplace, right? Exactly. And other company, and like the C or the um, company I can't remember the name who behind Pathfinder is already committed to basically a irrevocable open gaming license for their product. Yep. So it can, and that's the other big issue with this whole OGL is they're basically trying to revoke the previous license that's all done under. and there was that. There was actually a comment. I think it was on ours, Technicab. Mm-hmm. Take with a grain of salt. But supposedly a um, Wizards of the Coast slash Hasbro employee posted anonymously, obviously, of course, that like most situations, the company sees the negative feedback, so they pull it back. But there's been comments made by the execs where they're literally just waiting for the fur to die down. Of course. Um, and once it does, and it, they're not the first and they won't be the last company to do this. And once it dies down, they will try again or they'll chip away slowly, chip away slowly and chip away slowly. Um, and I think that's where most people are at. Like once they've let the genie out of the bottle, mm-hmm. it's going to happen. It might not be today. It might be 10 years from now, but it's going to happen. And the big problem is, is, the online community because so many people play virtual tabletop games, whatever gaming system they're using so many people have moved permanently to the online gaming community versus just in person. Right. Well, I mean, you know,
0: the, the, uh, using virtual tabletop software definitely has its advantages because you can then pull in, um, a ton of people from different areas. Uh, it does make things a little bit harder to control, uh, individuals in the game, especially if someone tries to derail a campaign. But wow. at the same time, I I, uh, I I anybody out there who has a system that is you know is close to Dungeons and Dragons like Pathfinder, their smartest move is to say, "Hey, game on, man! Just we'll 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 do things the way it's supposed to be done, because we love you guys."
1: Well, I think that's what the non. Actual dungeons and players at Hasbro missed the entire point, is D is as popular as it is precisely because of the homebrew community. Yep. If it was restricted just to what you can buy at Barnes and Nobles for the monster manual and that stuff, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be that popular. It's because of all the extra, you know, sweat and blood and tears that these people put into creating the homebrews and the modules. And all the other work that goes into it, which, by the way, means they also have to buy the content in the first place. I mean, it's not like they're not buying d and content to be able to create homebrews. They're all right. still buying all of the d d manuals and then doing the stuff on top of that. So it's not like they're magically losing sales out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, yeah, It'll be, it it's crazy. It's a very unhappy community to say the least.
0: I agree. So uh, just kind of like a, a a topic did come up during during that panel, and, and I wanted to ask your preference on this. A lot of people with this move to virtual tabletop have been uh, wanting more manuals to be just a PDF form instead of having to deal with the, the physical, usually humongous books. Um, do you have a preference? Books. I I agree. I, I like the books. I like to feel like you know, skimming through the pages. And also, in my honest opinion, um, I always feel like there's no way for me to put the entire page on my computer screen, and when it's a PDF form. So I'm cut co- and and uh, rule books and all this stuff. They are notorious for having like two. Maybe even three columns of like texted stuff. So when it wraps around, I gotta scroll right back up to the top of the page, and then
1: come, and then all that. And I, well, I have two problems. One, yep. I a I hate reading on the PC. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it's just not enjoyable experience to me. Probably with peak, because like PDFs to me are still generally speaking a terrible user experience. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not good. The second problem I have is. I find when it comes because I've tried virtual tabletops. Mm-hmm. My problems, I have a terrible attention span when it comes to being on the PC. Meaning like I find it very hard not to multitask on the PC. Um so I mean it's like so easy to have like, you know, let's just say fantasy grounds or foundry front and center, mm-hmm. but to the side I have 13 tabs open on Reddit and Facebook and other stuff. Right. And there's something still about that in-person interaction with tabletops that just make it a better gaming experience to me. Of Any kind of tabletop RPG, to me, is still just better in-person. Because, like, you're there, you're invested in the moment. And it's like, even like when, like, you know you're going and the mimic is attacking you and you're figuring out what to do. It's still like watching your body language and what you're going to do and thinking and what is the GM thinking. And, you know, there's just different elements that go on in an in-person in tabletop. That I just feel like this is a little bit on the virtual and certainly virtual tabletops have their places. I totally get it. And it's where the future is going. Um, but I greatly still prefer the in-person tabletop games because of that human element um and frankly because it's much easier to turn off my cell phone and i'm not on my pc so i'm not distracted by other stuff i'm just home on a virtual tabletop i get distracted too easily
0: i i I totally agree i think it's it's the same for me it's the same thing as trying to do a, a virtual convention I get so easily distracted that even if I have like the best attention to attend this panel or that panel, I could just lose track of time. And next thing I know that panels already gone. Whereas if I'm in person, I, that's it. I'm not, I'm not trying to multitask. I, I don't have a bunch of other distractions around me when I'm at the convention it's the convention. Uh, where and with the same thing as the tabletop, I, I'm right in the same boat as you, Zealies. When if I'm doing a virtual tabletop, I'm and because I have at least an extra monitor there, there's shit <laughs> that's definitely non game related happening on the other monitor. You know, I, I could be reading emails, I could be you know, browsing uh, Facebook or uh, Polygon or Kotaku or trying to update Ultra Confusion or rendering a video. And so I, I can't focus solely on the, the, that game experience. Now, a cool thing that I found out um, about, uh, I think it's Roll20, is they mm-hmm. have something called dynamic lighting, which allows for, your your characters can only see so many squares away. And mm-hmm. so you, as the DM, you can set stuff up uh, and, like you could know, set up where enemies are gonna be and all that stuff prior to the session So that you can do like the ambush special attacks and you don't have to all of a sudden remember, oh, shit, that square was supposed to have somebody, but you've already gone through the entire room. So I missed my opportunity to ambush you.
1: Interesting. All right. So I have a question for you related to mostly virtual tabletops. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on free versus paying somebody to DM a game for you? So the reason I've asked is mm-hmm. like when I first, when I, I played some virtual tabletops and it's looking for groups, there's a lot of debate over, you know, DM, like advertising basically of DMs, some free, and then some, you know, you pay that DM to do it for you. Um, and I just thought it was a really interesting idea. Like, Oh, huh. I mean, I get it. Cause they're putting in a lot of time and effort and work. And a lot of them, you know, they're doing the research kind of like in your point, like if you're doing roll 20 and they're setting up, um, you know, the, I mean, it's not like it's, you literally just show up to a, a good DM, I should say. It's not right. like you're literally just showing up for the first time with no prep work. Right. A lot of these guys and gals are putting in tons of work into it.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think totally, I can understand, um, paying for, uh, of dm uh, when it comes to virtual tabletop simply because there is a lot of stuff you got to do behind the scenes like you may need to depending on the system that you have you may need to add uh additional lines of code in order to do spe- uh, specific things you may have to um uh upload the the spells that are going to be available for the game the the, the creatures and all of their statistics the the maps you have to put all in and and set them all up. So there is a lot of stuff. If you are not truly comp- uh, computer literate, and no one on your, if you're the supposed to be the DM, and you don't have, and you're not computer literate, I, I don't know if you want a, a DM. T- you you want to pay for a DM to you know run it for you, but you may want to pay someone to make sure that everything that you that's needed to run a campaign successfully is in place, hmm. which is, I think which one of the guys in the panel, actually uh, he, he actually pays for someone to help set, set up everything uh, just, just like the groundwork. But once it's in there uh, he can like, you know, edit the maps or whatever, but, but all the different modules about the, the types of spells, the type of items, the, you know, all that stuff cuz you're starting with a blank canvas and then you're having to import all of the all the pieces of the game that you don't even think about uh when you're playing in person. So, yeah. I think I might have lost Zelius. Either that or he is staring me down in a spooky way. And if that's the case, good on you sir. Good on you. Anywho, so while we wait for Zelius to come back, I hope Zelius comes back. Yep. And he's gone. And there is Zelius back.
1: There we go. Because <laughs> the one other um, reason people had was <laughs> then you get commitment out of your players. Right. Because what a lot of DMs were finding is if it was free, like, let's just call it free to play, yep. is people weren't as committed to coming. So they put in, I'm just making up members. Yeah five hours of work into a session and only two out of your four players would show up. Yep. So that was kind of, that was like one of the other arguments. I was like, okay, I can actually understand that because that'd be frustrating. Um, where you put all this work in and all of a sudden, you know, your gamers aren't showing up would probably kind of tick me off. Uh, yes,
0: yes, it definitely would for me. Um, but then again, when I was running, uh, games, it was a complete homebrew system and mm-hmm. I needed people well actually that's not technically true because way back in the day I actually set up some chat rooms and ran some crystals of prion through chat rooms.
1: Oh nice.
0: That was back in the, the storm loader days.
1: Oh Storm! I'm, I'm pretty sure I still have like screenshots of that somewhere.
0: It's it's archived. I've I've found it a couple times. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah.
1: Oh, Storm Loader. The good old days of our free websites.
0: Yep. Yep. Uh, so uh, I do want to uh, I'm sure that the the individuals who were who uh bought, bought into the system are fully aware, but for those who weren't, uh ladies and gentlemen, it is now 100% official. The Stadia is dead.
1: No! I just got mine last night. <laughs>
0: I guess on the next Chrome update, they'll remove the Stadia option off of my uh, my window or my my taskbar. Though I never actually used the Stadia. Oh, yeah. K- I never got it. I, I tried the I tried Amazon Luna for a little bit, and that was cool. But I was like, okay. I ended up playing like this, just like putt putt game. I,
1: I still think at some point the whole streaming game thing will be a thing. Yeah. It's just before it's time. Um, although I'd be interested to see if... It's kind of a paradox, though, because yeah. in a way, let's just say VR does become more popular. I know we've been saying that for the last decade. But I,
0: PlayStation's I, trying to really push it right now.
1: Exactly. So let's just say VR starts taking off. Mm-hmm. Like, you're probably not going to do VR over a virtual basically console because that's basically what you're doing. Yeah. Because you can't have that latency with VR. No. So it would be kind of Like it's almost paradoxical where like if we get more into VR, it actually limits the capability of the virtual gaming environment. Um like what Stadia and Lunar are trying to push. But right. Yes, I am my P- I'll, I'll admit, i I I'll be on that I am my PS2 VR. It's already been pre-ordered mm-hmm. and purchased and all that good stuff. So I'm ready to play Madden 2023 and feel like I'm getting smashed in the face by Johnny Bosa.
0: Yeah, it's Joey Bosa, by the way. Joey Bosa. (laughs) There's no Johnny Bosa. (laughs)
1: He's my younger brother, man. He's the the twin you don't know about. Yeah, I actually need to figure out what games I need to get for it, but that's okay. Well, they've...
0: Sony just released, like, a lineup of games they're going to be releasing along with that VR.
1: Yeah, I mean... But it's like you've always said, though, is the biggest problem that you've had with VR is the gaming library. And it seems like when VR devices, be it the PS or the um, Oculus Rift and all these, like when they first come out, there's always like this initial wave of like, we have these games to come out. The question is, six months or a year from now, is that still going to be the case? Right, And that seems to always be what happens is right up front. It's like, dude, this is cool. There's these like four fantastic games because that's always the case. Like there's always the great launch games. Yep. Does it persist? Like uh, the next, I don't know if there was a Zelda for, playstation there's obviously not but if the result on playstation would that still be made like for the vr like something like that that's really going to kind of push the needle um that's to be curious to see is are you going to continue to have a push from developers and sony to release games not just for launch day Mm -hmm. well we will see
0: yes um the the, the and, and this is something that we've we've agreed on and we've talked about a lot. Uh, after that that initial you know launch of the VR ready games, the fact of the matter is it's expensive to add a VR feature, and even even those early games, there's going to be a lot of people who are tr- going to try to you know get in early to to get that extra money because VR will be that hot thing and VR in those games will probably be just slapped on there just so you know they qualify for the the VR tag. Um, well,
1: the one game I know I will be getting is Horizon Zero Dawn 2. I know it's not called 2. There's like a tagline to it. Right. Um, that is for VR. So that is like, that'll be my day one, I guess, purchase. So I'll be like, okay, actual AAA title. On the VR. Hopefully it doesn't make me nauseous and throw up within the first three minutes. If it is, I'll be kind of pissed.
0: I, I will I will keep my fingers crossed for you, Zillis. How about that?
1: Maybe I'll take some dromedine before I play it. Well, hey. I don't know if that'll actually help with VR to be honest.
0: Guess there's only one way to find out.
1: <laughs> Alcohol and dromedine. What could go wrong?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's let's heighten the the uh the effects.
1: It will open my eye capillaries for more awesomeness. Or would it
0: cause a paradoxical effect and now you've got the worst case of vertigo known to man? Oh, dear. Like, literally, (laughs) if you tilt to one side, you fall to the ground.
1: (laughs) Oh, no! (laughs) Oh, no, I just fell into my fireplace. That's no good.
0: Yeah. So... Uh, let's take a quick break to uh, thank the amazing individuals that help Alter Confusion out. These are the friends of the show. Those, ama- like I said, amazing individuals, amazing individuals that, um, you know, allow Alter Confusion to be Ultra Confusion with their love and support. So to start it off, let's go with the... Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts that challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. For more information, go to IndieCluster.com. The next shout-out we gotta give is to Noodle Boy Media. Founded in 2015 by Andrew Tran, Noodle Boy Media, previously Wack Kid 47 Media, is your choice for professional photo shoots and panel recordings at conventions. They pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism, top-notch experiences, and quality services. If you want more information and to view their full list of services, check out facebook.com slash Media. The next one up is an individual who's actually at my house today to help get some of those aches and pains out of my back. And that of course is Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore, the company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to com. Now I'm going to have to take a quick, uh, like, uh, pause because I lost my um, my friends of the show list. So you're going to have to give me one second because I was just literally reading off of an old copy. So, uno momentos, I think I know where it is, but... Zelius, talk for a second.
1: Do you want me to talk? I know who the next friend of the show is. Do you want me to tell the audience?
0: No, I know who the fr- next friend of the show is. It's going to be um, Crosspad Creative, but I don't remember... Uh, what exactly I'm supposed to say about Crosspad Creative because I can't find my list. And I apologize.
1: You're supposed to to talk about how they created our song because we had a copyright snafu with the evil overlords. And so they stepped in to create a non-copyrighted version of our cover song so that we can grace you with the opening song every show.
0: Aha, I found it. Okay, so the official thing is need a new logo or want to work with on a full branding and content strategy? Or maybe you need music or audio for your content, just like Alter Confusion. Crosspad Creative offers a whole host of solutions for individuals and small businesses. Just email josh at crosspadcreative at gmail.com and see what he can do for you. By the way, that did
1: sound better than mine.
0: By the way, it it had fallen off my desk and was basically hiding behind my. my tower. So that's what happened. Why
1: did you run away? I don't know. All right,
0: ladies and gentlemen, the last one we got to give is to the person who has been the patron the longest. That is agile axiom by day. Axe leads both a development team and a system administration team working with satellites at NASA's Goddard campus. But while not in meetings and many times during, he is the agile evangelist agile Axe. Championing the philosophies of Agile and trying to make the world a better place for software developers, testers, system admins, and software projects the world over. Decades of experience in software development and leading Agile teams are brought to bear against evil processes, inefficient work, and bad habits. For more information, go to agileaxiom.com. And by the way, I took my second Agile class, and this time, I actually got—I scored 100 on the test, so nanana na boo boo
1: Are you a white or yellow belt yet?
0: No, I'm not there yet. But I'm getting close. Nice. To all that wonderful stuff. All right, ladies and
1: gentlemen. If anything, it looks wonderful in a resume.
0: Exactly. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to... uh, I know that everyone out there is dying to know, how do I become a friend of the show? Well, I'm happy to tell you that Alter Confusion survives on the love and support of fans like you. And so we have a Patreon page. Patreon lets you, the fans, lovers, haters, demigods, interdimensional beings, gods, demons, aliens, werewolves, vampires, mummies, Loch Ness monsters, and supporters, and much more to become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. Currently, we have two different tiers. We have the $1 tier. That's $1 a month or $12 a year. And what that will get you is early access to all of playthroughs, as well as the ability to take part in patron-only posts. Now, if you're feeling a little bit spicy, what you could do is you could jump up to the $5 a month. That's $5 a month or $60 a year. not only do you get everything at the $1 tier, but you also gain your name or organization in the, the friends of the show section of every single Thursday night, hang out. So if you want to become a patron of Altered Confusion, go to Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Altered Confusion. All right. I said that I was gonna sign up for Extra Life and I have not, unfortunately, because things have been busy so or crazy. But as soon as I have uh, re-registered for Extra Life, we'll give you that information. Nice. But if you are interested in making your own Extra Life team or become a, a single participant, just go to extra-life.org and you can sign up today. Yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump right back into the, um, the stories here. Uh the first one this just makes my my skin uh crawl and my stomach want to basically leave my body and that is Mountain Dew has announced a limited time, thank god, um a limited time limited edition Mountain Dew Baja Blast hot sauce. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. I'm so confused. <laughs> How's that supposed to actually work?
0: I don't know. Baja Blast is the most disgusting flavor that I've ever come across. And now you're gonna make it hot.
1: They want to make it even better.
0: Or worse. Baja blast tastes like medicine. Now it's gonna be spicy medicine.
1: It's gonna be even better medicine. Yeah. And also,
0: also from the pictures that I've seen, the hot sauce is gonna be colored. Baja Blast.
1: I'm so confused.
0: It's like a bluish green. It's like a teal. And you're going to make it. You're going to put that on food. Yeah. I, I Maybe you're uh, trying to appeal to, you know, colorblind kids.
1: <laughs> I don't know. But that stuff looks nasty. <laughs> maybe it's to like chase down. Maybe, maybe it's like you do it before you drink your cough medicine because it can't be any worse. Oh, I think difference. Johnny. If you made it down with this, it only gets better.
0: I'd rather, I think that if you want to go that route, just, you know, chomp down on a jalapeno and then take your medicine. No,
1: you know what I actually miss is Papa John's and the jalapenos that you get with the pizzas.
0: I get and them every single Friday. I haven't
1: got at Papa John's pizza in forever, so I don't know if they actually still come with the jalapenos. They do.
0: Oh, man. They do because we get it. Every single Friday in my house. Nice. Yeah.
1: Hmm.
0: Indeed. All right. So let's actually get on to a, a more serious topic. Um, this is the time of year where uh, budgets are set and big companies decide that we've, we can't afford everybody. So uh, lots of big companies are laying off hundreds, if not thousands of employees, which for those individuals who have been hit with that i wish you the best of luck in finding a better studio or employer that will actually um value your contributions to the company which you know that happens it happens every single time
1: yeah it does it's never good and it always sucks um i feel like a little bit especially in the market i work for mm-hmm. i'm like i'm glad i already have a job because you have companies like amazon and microsoft laying off like tens of thousands of it people yep. i'm like yeah like it's tricky because on one hand it's a good market to be looking if you're in tight and the it employee because pay is good and work remotely and all that stuff at the same time you also have this company's laying off all these workers. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, all these job applications now have like 200 qualified applicants applying for the same job. Yep. So it's a little bit two edge and we're pretty much in a recession. Um, So even companies that aren't laying off workers are probably going to be very much not really hiring a whole lot going forward. Um, So, not a most bueno time to probably, unfortunately, be a tech worker um, in that regard. Or let's be honest, really, probably any worker right now kind of sucks. Yeah. Because no matter what industry you're going to be into, a recession is going to hit you. It really doesn't matter what you do. Um, so, yeah, not fun times for anyone.
0: Just kind of hope that you're in a secure enough position that your your company or your employer can weather the storm. Um, Very true. Uh, like my current employer, um, I'm not. I'm probably not going to get a raise anytime soon. But I don't foresee them laying off huge chunks of my department either.
1: Well, it's always the tricky thing, is because like the schools I've worked at before always had this dilemma of, you know, do you lay people off? and give people raises or do you issue raises and not lay workers off? Right. And my impression is the majority of people are like, yeah, let's just kind of forego the raises and not lay people off. The tricky part is does ownership use that as a rationale just to not give raises.
0: True. Um, how about ownership, take a pay cut so you can pay your employees the correct amount,
1: you know, yeah.
0: There are individuals out there that do so much more work than the higher-uppers, but they get paid like a fifth of the higher-upper. Seniority rules. Uh, you know, it pays to be on top, right, bro? Exactly. I wish I, I knew know. the feeling. Um Okay, so the final the final topic that I have um is toxicity in games. What a new concept. Developers Narrow.
1: There is no toxicity in
0: games. Developers were, a bunch of different developers were recently polled to see, to talk about toxicity in online gaming. 85% of the surveys sent out came back saying, yes, there is a high level of toxicity. And of those 85%, 70% of those individuals say that that toxicity has spread not only from the, the players, but also to the actual employees of said, that develop or work on said games.
1: That's interesting.
0: Now, you know, you would think since, since, I mean, obviously we've known for quite a while that there is some severe toxic, toxic problems with certain games. Um, and I just, I wish there was an easy solution, but there isn't. The I Well,
1: okay. In this case, if it's coming to the employees, there's actually a pretty easy solution. What's that? don't let them be toxic if you're a toxic employee fire them I mean I know that's kind of blase but at the same time like it's one thing like we've talked a lot about the gamers in general and what to do about them mm-hmm. and what can you do but like if I'm your manager and you're being a toxic asshat then I'm gonna be like yo dude knock it off this is not the place for that like we're not in some e-game where you need to show me your EP." be a normal human being or I'll find somebody who will be a normal human being. Like it's two completely different circumstances. Like, I mean, that's kind of how I feel about like employees being toxic is there should be no, like to me, there should be no room for that.
0: No, I, I know. And I think maybe I misspoke here. I meant to say not that 70% of the workforce is toxic. I'm just saying that toxicity that, that, ga- that gamers show each other, Seventy percent of the time, it extends to the actual developers. Like they go after the actual company.
1: Uh, okay, that makes more sense. Now, now oh, that's not
0: to say there there are not indivi- there are individuals in, in game companies that like to wear the god hat and think that they know everything and that everyone else is wrong. And those oh, asshats, I know everything. Those no. asshats need to go away, um, or at least keep their opinions to themselves. Um, Go work in the corner. Exactly. Go stand in the corner until you learn your lesson. No, I. The, the thing is, uh, you know, Riot Games has probably been the most vocal about trying to figure out a way to w- to deal with toxicity by creating an, a- an ever-learning AI system. But yep. at the end of the day, I, no company is ever going to do this, but at the end of the day, to truly combat that, you're going to need moderators who literally but at the same time how the hell do you there's millions of gamers that could be flooding through your system so how do you deal with that and also let's say that I'm I'm not saying that you have a bunch of corrupt individuals who are watching over it but let's say there are some corruptible moderators that you know on the on the sly will could be tempted to you know, act someone who is just a bad player instead of a toxic player because they got an extra, I don't know, 200 bucks on the side.
1: It's a tough problem to counter. Um, I mean, it, it seems like it would be the perfect test bed for a smart artificial intelligence. Yeah, um, Kind of a way to almost build one. But the problem is, is what you've seen with any kind of AI environment is you're always going to have false positives, mm-hmm. and how do you deal with those? And the real, I guess, my real question is: are the, are they actually doing anything about the false positives to actually then fix those after the fact?
0: Right, there would have to be a moderation of the AI's decisions.
1: And I think we've seen some platforms like Twitter, mm-hmm. not Twitter, Twitch, mm-hmm. do a pretty shit job of that.
0: Yes. Yes. But hell, even YouTube and Facebook, because I mean, I can't tell you how many DMCA hits we've had just on Facebook and it doesn't happen on YouTube. It doesn't happen on Twitch, but it's just Facebook. Hmm. And it's usually by the universal music group. And it's usually for some random ass, like apparently our voices or, or sounds that come out of our mouths. Cause copyright, um, issues. Is it my know.
1: beautiful singing?
0: No. And please don't because I can't afford to buy a new PC.
1: Oh, afraid of might blow out your speakers, your sound card will hear and just like explode.
0: No, I'm afraid my computer will be like, nope, I'm done. Time for me to implode. You
1: always have the convention PC.
0: But I can't stream on that. Okay. I learned that the hard way. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, that PC goes, uh, <laughs> no, no, nice. that's not going to work. The only way for me to stream the, um, the covi- if I wanted to stream something that's on the convention PC, I'd have to use my video capture card and actually mm. stream it through my desktop so that none of the streaming um, lifting is actually on that um, console. Though I did have to replace the um, the battery.
1: The, the CMOS battery again. Yep.
0: Well, I actually had to replace it instead of trying to do the trick that usually you'd have to do with with one of the problems with the Alienware Alpha is that from time to time that thing gets like unsynchronized and so what you have to do is you have to unplug the battery for 10 minutes and plug it back in and then it goes then you have to um hit I think it's like F7 to go into the BIOS uh menu and you go through there and fix everything and then ta-da. But the battery had actually gone bad, so I had to buy a new one. Though they sent it, it's a, okay, if, if anyone's ever seen the size of the battery, it's tiny. It's like, I don't know, it's about the size of a dime. And I got it in like a two by <laughs> three foot box. Like, what the fuck is that? I was like, is I there is open
1: the it's box, I like, is there anything in here?
0: It's an itty bitty little baggy, that was stuck in one of the cardboard f- cardboard folds. Nice. Yes. That's awesome. But anyways, um, yeah, I, I wish there was an easy, easy, um, solution of to toxicity. I wish that people would just, you know, follow Will Wheaton's, um, philosophy of don't be a dick. But unfortunately, as long as someone's got a computer screen between them and the world, there are going to be individuals who can be complete and utter asshats. And, ooh, um, you know, it's just, unfortunately, the way of things. And, Zilius, your your rendering has gone way down.
1: Okay, I saw me, and I didn't know if that was just, like, my Twitch feed or just me.
0: No, no, it's um, you.
1: Guys, I'm Captain Pixelated. I'm like a character out of Minecraft right now.
0: It's like, well, I just went from PlayStation Four graphics down to PlayStation Two. Don't worry about it.
1: I got I'm a pointy polygon right now.
0: Yeah. So, mm. um, so was when I was at uh, Chatacon, I was reminded of a couple games that I played, and I had to think about it because it's like, man, I have played this this guy that I was talking to. He was saying, Man, do you remember this game? I'm like, Yeah, I do, but where the hell did I play it? Because I immediately, thankfully, I've got the Steam app on my phone. And I'm like scrolling through. And I'm like, I don't have that game on Steam. Where the hell did I play it? Most of the games the guy was talking about I actually had or bought on the Xbox 360. Oh, but there's nice. a, there's uh one called uh The Dishwasher, which is uh uh it's it's a brutal, it's a bloody game. And it's basically it's a side scroller. Uh, where you're killing vampires, nice. Uh, and the other one is uh, you basically you're different members of a band, and it's by the same company, so it's bloody and, and horror inspired. It's called Charlie Murder.
1: It sounds very appropriate.
0: It's it's a it's a fun game, and I might be streaming one of those games on Sunday. So be on the lookout for that. I meant to stream this past Sunday, but fun fact: after going to a convention. And driving back home, I was feeling a little fi- bit fatigued. So I sat what? down. i sat down on the couch um, after thankfully eating dinner. I sat down on my couch and decided to watch a little bit of TV and I woke up at 5 30. Nice. <laughs> I, think, I, I think I sat down on my couch about 7 30, and then I was, I was awoken or I woke myself up at 5 30.
1: You know, sometimes that's just what needed to yeah. go. Apparently.
0: Apparently, you know, I I really didn't have any say on that. Oh, by the way, if you were at Chattacon, you were wondering who the individual was that um, that was helping me. Uh, that would be my amazing cousin that jumped in. His name is Thomas. It was nice. his first ever convention. So it was a really nice, you know, easy convention to go to. Um, and uh, we got to use the new camera. Uh, Did it work? Oh, yeah. Beautifully. Uh, the only issue that we ran into the camera or with the camera is that if you're on the Chromebook, there's no proprietary um, software to um, to download the videos off of the cards, and you can't mm. do it directly from the camera to the system. So I had to uh, run out and get a, a SD card reader. Mm.
1: But what other happened? than
0: that, and also it took a buttload long ass time to to take it off the SD card, but you know, uh, I'm sure that I could figure out a, a quicker way to do it, or, you know, just buy some extra SD cards so I could do all that I need to do, uh, and and not really have to slow down until I, actually do the the, the uh, video rendering, which once again I have one interview that I'll be posting uh, once once I give the interviewee um, the early copy to make sure that I get everything right, and then I'll also be posting three. Um, panels. Sweet. Uh from Chaticon. So nice. be on the lookout for that within probably the next week. I think my my schedule kind of settles down, so I'll have a little bit more free time to to get all those out. But this week has been nuts. Um, uh, so you know, what was
1: I, your favorite Chatticon panel?
0: You know, um actually I think my favorite one was actually one that there was only I think I might've been an attendee and maybe three panels that I didn't record. And, but there was one that I did record, uh, and it had to do with, um, uh, young adults and, uh, and basically adolescent, uh, books and how to get kids into reading those books. And that was kind hmm. of interesting because there was individuals there that, um, that have written stuff for, every, I mean, he, the guy had written for like Marvel. He'd written for DC. He's made uh, a bunch of more graphic novels uh, around classic story um, um stories, like Rapunzel and um, Red Riding Hood and different things like that, which was really cool. Uh, so I'd highly recommend catching that one once I've actually rendered it. Cool. Yep. But other than that, I mean, It's just a really fun laid back convention. Um, It started Friday at three o'clock and went till Sunday at three o'clock. So, whatever that is, my math does not want to work right now, but it's about, I don't know, two days worth.
1: That's 48 hours.
0: Yeah, so 48 hours. Yeah. There you go. With small little breaks for everyone to go to sleep.
1: Sleep. it's not i thought it was 48 straight hours
0: dear god no i've i've seen those type of conventions and they <laughs> they are conventions that um you better have nose plugs because it gets smelly ladies and gentlemen if you ever go to a convention there's this wonderful thing called deodorant use it
1: you mean just go spray, go drive by, axe spray everyone as you run around at full speed and just spray the whole place down?
0: Yeah, no, don't do that.
1: Give a nice little flavorly smell to everyone.
0: Just hand out those go go talk to uh whoever makes the um go go talk to an old spice rep, get a bunch of uh samples of their deodorant and just start handing them out of conventions nice and then maybe even add a pamphlet on how to apply it just in case <laughs> you never know but to be but the uh, just one more thing about Chattacon. one of the most amazing things about Chattacon, this is why I think that this is going to be a convention that I keep coming back to is that in their closing ceremonies they're like thank you for everyone coming uh, give a shout out to the the um, you know the the guest of honor. Uh, and also okay what went well what didn't anything and everything go and so oh my god they're open to feedback <laughs> they're they're willing to change the convention to make it better for those who attend what a concept i mean there's i found out that there's a certain convention um that i am not going to be invited to anytime soon, but I am not the only one. There are several people at Chattacon that are, uh, not go- not invited to that certain other convention.
1: I actually read a book related to that called, um, radical candor. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting cause it's actually about how to give feedback. Cause there's basically like four different quadrants mm-hmm. of giving the feedback but doing it basically without not being nice about it yeah. but basically giving it without being a dick yeah and it was a, it was very interesting our talks about the idea of like giving the feedback or being able to have those conversations with people but being able to do it in such a way where it comes off as basically you know positive criticism versus just antagonism Right. Well, I think it also uh, another So there is a way of doing it and there are books about it. Maybe I'll get what you want for Christmas. I know how to do it. It's just But obviously based on the recipients. I don't know because you have a history of this. Okay. Well uh, it's not the it's not to happen just once.
0: But one of one of those conventions, we ended up being really, really good friends in the end because they figured out that I'm just trying to help make the convention better by giving suggestions.
1: But that was after the fact. I'm just saying. Yeah, okay. There, so it was after there, the first two times I went to the convention. Here.
0: Look, there are some people who are open to to change, to make things better. And then those individuals who are only interested in how much money can we make and how can we make it damn near impossible to give out any free badges. So.
1: It's all about the Mooney, sir. I want the moonies. And to be
0: totally honest with you, I think that that's the kind of convention that I want to avoid. Cause I think that the, yeah, you'll get the major superstars, but it's just to rack in the money. You really don't kill or kill a, a care, not kill Jesus Freudian slip there. Um, you don't care about the actual attendees. You just want to make sure that not only do you get all your money back, but you get more. There's a certain convention that Zelius named, um, Earlier in the podcast, uh, that follows that because I actually ran into the co-founder of said convention, and he left simply because it became all about politics and making as much money as possible. Mm. So you yeah, know, there you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it was fun. Uh, I'll definitely be doing MumboCon. I still haven't decided about doing a fan table or not. There's. Going to Chattacana did not have a fan table. I could definitely see it, it definitely gives you more mobility, but then I can't get the word out to audience members because there was no buttons or or social media cards handed out.
1: You should carry around like a oh, you could get like one of those like waist straps that has like a giant flag sticking up with a big like Alt Confucian banner coming off your head. Uh, no, thank you. I'm just saying, I've seen them.
0: Oh, I know, I've seen them too, but. I I'm I'm old enough where just putting just carrying around the the camera on my back for long amounts of time is gonna require me to see a chiropractor. So putting additional uh wind so resistance what I'm
1: hearing is you need to bring around some young unpaid labor to carry around these equipment for you. Possibly. I'm just saying. Sounds like an opportune reason for some youngins to go. Hmm.
0: You never know all right um I think we've basically uh, covered every topic unless zealies do you have any closing thoughts
1: um so do you actually play any video games this week?
0: uh I did not um uh, the the extent of what I did outside of the convention was just read oh which reminds me uh there is an amazing book series it's called The Secret Seven. Uh, I highly recommend, I don't remember the author off the top of my head, but I highly recommend it. Uh, if you are a Kindle Unlimited uh, user, you can get the entire series from Kindle Unlimited for free.
1: The Secret Seven by Enon Blyton?
0: I think so. Um, I'll just pop- click on, ten. I'm going to click on this. Whoops, that would be Zelius's thing. Uh, The Secret
1: Seven are siblings. Peter, Janet, Jack, Barbara. Nope, Nope. different one. Not the same Secret Seven.
0: Hold on, hold on. Oh my, Secret.
1: How many Secret Sevens are there? Apparently there's... This Secret Seven came out in 1949, so I don't think it's the same one.
0: Nope, it's not that one. It is about the same number of books, though. So, take it. hold on. I'm
1: so confused. How many secret sevens are there?
0: Uh, no, there's another one. I swear to God there's another one. <laughs> Have I been giving everyone the wrong thing? Oh my God, seriously,
1: what is going on? I don't understand
0: Hold on, hold on i'm I'm gonna go. I'm going to go back.
1: Lie.
0: I'm going to go back on Amazon. I'm going to go to my Kindle, see what I think because I still have Kindle Unlimited.
1: I think you're lying. Shut up, man.
0: How, wait, wait, wait. Where's my. Where the hell is managed content and devices? I swear to God. Um, no, no. Yeah. Okay, The Secret Seven, Joseph Daniel.
1: No, it's Enon Blighton. I'm telling you, I'm reading it right here.
0: Here, hold on. Bam, that one.
1: (laughs) That is some definite um, copyright infringement of a title.
0: There's, oh Lord, no.
1: That is, that is definitely not the same Secret 7. I'm just yes, saying.
0: Yes, absolutely. So ignore the first one, ladies and gentlemen. The second one is the one you want. Anyways, uh, and once again, that's Secret 7 by Joseph Daniel, which came out, I don't remember. Uh let's see here. Um, they, they, that entire set uh, came out last year, August 26th. So I, I highly recommend it. Anyways, all right. So, um Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zeal, it's been a pleasure giving everything to come our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout.
1: Remember kids, keep on gaming in the free world.
0: Amen to that, brother.